Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Today's Bob Hope Show has a pretty clever sketch with Bob trading places with Hollywood superstar and leading man Tyrone Power. I think you'll enjoy it. This is episode number 522, which originally aired on February 19th, 1952. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Tyrone Power. Sound off, sound off for Testerfield. Good evening, folks, a big hello. We're here to start the Bob Hope Show to get your kicks. Enjoy the fun. Light up a Testerfield, everyone. Sound off for Testerfield. Sound off for Testerfield. Try a pack of Testerfields. Do it! Today! Chesterfield presents the Bob Hope Show, transcribed direct from Hollywood, with Les Brown and his band of renown. Chesterfield, yours truly, High Everback. Our special guests, Tyrone Power and Marilyn Maxwell. And here he is, Bob Hope. Thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Here I am back in Hollywood for Chesterfields, and it's good to be home. I've been doing so much traveling around the country that my kids don't recognize me anymore. This morning when I got home, I kissed my little girl, Linda, and she said, Mommy, here's another presidential candidate. <laughs> but I got back in Hollywood just in time to see the unveiling of the new 1952 cars. I won't say the 52 cars are expensive, but the only way you can afford the new one is to use the old one for a getaway car. <laughs> And the engineers are experimenting with an entirely new type of car. It's called a Harry Truman. No one knows if it'll run. <laughs> and the weather has affected automobile design. I saw one model called the California Convertible. You press a button, it opens up into a canoe. <laughs> Thank you, floaters. And some of the war orders must have gotten mixed up with the new cars. One guy ordered a Cadillac, and it arrived with a 16-inch gun mounted on the hood. Somewhere in the Pacific, there's an aircraft carrier with four white wall tires. But television is doing a great job selling cars. Why shouldn't it? It's done a great job selling radios. <laughs> I was watching a silent movie the other night when a used car commercial came on. They were trying to sell the same car as the one in the picture. <laughs> Television becoming a very powerful advertising medium. Yesterday afternoon, a jewelry store advertised a sale on diamond bracelets, and within two hours, it was held up. <laughs> and new houses are going to have television in every room. In every room. Won't that be wonderful? If you don't like Crosby, you can throw a bath towel over them. <laughs> But it can lead to a certain amount of confusion. One woman got so interested watching young Dr. Malone, she sterilized the can opener and took out the turkey's appendix. <laughs> and another item that made news is the development of high-frequency television, which will make it possible to open new stations all over the country. They haven't got room to put the movies on the regular channel, so they may assign them to a high-frequency band. 
A high-frequency band is a series of oscillatory impulses causing a convolution of electrons to supercharge an ionic cyclotron impulsivating a nuclear centrifugal action on a predetermined paleotropic isotope. There's more. Briefly, that means I fired that writer. They're also experimenting with telecasting new movies. I sat for two hours the other night and watched Quo Vadis on a three-inch screen. It was an enjoyable experience. And besides, it's fun to have both your eyeballs looking out of the same socket. <laughs> now, a voice well known to millions. Westbrook Van Voorhees. In a recent decision, the Federal Trade Commission says of Brand X cigarettes, that the use of diethylene glycol as a hygroscopic agent in the manufacture of X brand of cigarettes does not render such cigarettes non-irritating or less irritating than other leading brands of cigarettes using hygroscopic agents other than diethylene glycol. If the federal trade decision has made you wonder about the contents of your cigarette, you can be glad if you're smoking Chesterfield. Chesterfield gives you scientific facts and names its ingredients. Chesterfield uses tobaccos pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities and kept tasty and fresh by the only tried and tested hygroscopic agents proven by over 40 years of continuous use in USA tobacco products as entirely safe for use in the mouth. Pure natural sugars and chemically pure harmless glycerol. Nothing else. Chesterfield has the newest and most modern research laboratories and factories staffed by experts. Outside independent consultants include many eminent scientists from leading universities. Chesterfield has, for your smoking pleasure and protection, every advantage known to modern science. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the workmen have finally finished remodeling Bob's home and he's moved back in. Now, one of the first things he had to do was make a complete inventory for the insurance company. So let's go back to yesterday morning when Bob and I were hard at work making up the list. Uh, one reading lamp. One reading lamp. One end table. One end table. See, isn't this pretty guest room high? Gee, if these walls could talk, you have no idea how many celebrities have stayed overnight in this room. Uh, one comb. One brush. A one-pint bottle of hair tonic. Oh, yes, Mario Alonzo likes to use that tonic on his hair. One box of Vigoro. That's what Crosby uses on his. <laughs> he won't give up. <laughs> One ashtray. One ashtray. One bowler hat. Bowler hat? Yeah, Churchill was there the same time Crosby was. <laughs> oh, why is the brim of his hat all chewed up? Well, Churchill was a little nervous. Bing didn't want to approve the loan. <laughs> Let's list those books on the shelf high. Read the titles to me. Okay, um, The Loves of Casanova. Loves of Casanova. Yoo-hoo, anybody home? Well, it sounds like Marilyn Maxwell. <laughs> well, hello, Marilyn. Hello, hello, fellas. Hey, go ahead, hi. Okay, just we two. Just we two. From here to eternity. From here to eternity. Let's build a dream house of love. Where are you boys going on your honeymoon? <laughs> Marilyn, we're taking an inventory and we're listing the books and things. 
You can help if you want to. Start with that trophy case over there. Okay. Gee, Bob, you've certainly got a lot of souvenirs and trophies here. Hey, uh, what's this baseball with 1949 written on it? Well, I keep that to remind me of the date. That's the year my brother George got me to invest in the Cleveland Indians. Oh, was it your brother George who got you to buy into the Cleveland Indians? Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Bob, what a weird souvenir this is. Where did you get this shrunken head? That's my brother George. <laughs> Take inventory in my room, hi. Be right back, Marilyn. We'll start with the wardrobe closet. One gray suit. One gray suit. Two dead moths. Two dead moths. <laughs> One live moth. <laughs> we got a new sound man, and he's so eager. Wait a minute. Where'd this suit come from, Hi, I don't have a powder blue gabardine. Well, the cleaning man just delivered it, Bob. Well, he made a mistake. This isn't my suit. It belongs to somebody else. Well, look at the label. Oh, you're right, Bob. It says, tailored expressly for Tyrone Power. Tyrone Power? Hey, that's a sharp sack, isn't it? <laughs> I think I'll try it on. Maybe it'll make me look like him. I'll just slip off my trousers. There. Turn your back, please. <laughs> There, now, now I'll slip into these. Fasten the belt. Now the jacket. <laughs> I'll just button this middle button. There. Hey, how about it, Hi? Well, Hi, say something. It looked more like Tyrone Power when it was on the hanger. <laughs> but you're right, this suit doesn't belong to me. It was delivered here by mistake. It belongs to Tyrone Power. He must have my suit. I wonder if Tyle noticed the difference. Oh, Parkins. Uh, yes, Mr. Power. I have to get dressed, Parkins. What's holding things up? Oh, the cleaning man brought you someone else's suit, sir. Look, this is the one he left here. That's the suit he left? Yes, sir. If I may say so, who would wear a thing like that? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe there's a circus in town. <laughs> I'll look at the label and see where this comes from. Hmm. What a strange place to buy a suit. What does it say, sir? Civil War Veterans Rummage Sale. <laughs> it's a very strange garment, sir. What material would you say it's made of? Unfinished worsted? Oh, it looks more like reconditioned pup tent. <laughs> There's no name on the label. Parkins... <laughs> How can we find out who this suit belongs to? Well, sir, let's reason it out the Sherlock Holmes way. Let's just ask ourselves who would be a big enough idiot to wear a silly jackass outfit like that. Why, of course, Parkin. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that before? What's Bob Hope's phone number? Maybe I'd better take it over to Bob's house myself. Well, I'm afraid you have to wear it, sir. All your other clothes are still at the cleaner. I suppose I could sneak through the alleys. Help me into it. Well, these mix-ups sometimes happen, Bob. Yeah, I'm glad we got it straightened out, Ty. I think I look pretty good in your suit. How do you like wearing mine? Did you notice I've got a fix so when you pass a pretty girl, the buttons light up? Yeah. I guess I shouldn't have gone by that Jane Russell billboard. The wiring blew a fuse and melted my garters. <laughs> 
I know what you mean. I met Dagmar on the street one day, and I blotted out all the television programs this side of Denver. <laughs> anyway, I like the suit of yours, Ty. Marilyn here tells me it looks very well on me. Oh, it does, Bob. Why don't you get the name of Tyrone Taylor? Oh, I've got a swell idea. Listen, Ty, if you'll get your tailor to make a suit for me, I'll get my tailor to make a suit for you. What do you say? I don't like the odds. <laughs> By the way, how much do your suits cost? Oh, they're fairly reasonable, Bob. My man makes them for $250 and up. Well, that's pretty expensive. My tailor makes my suits for $47.50. The only reason he can make them that cheap is that I happen to use the same pattern as Cass Daly. <laughs> <laughs> But, Ty, Marilyn and I were about to rehearse our song for the radio show. Why don't you stick around? Well, Bob, I'd like to hear it. Okay, let's go, Marilyn. I wish I was a clinging, swinging vine. I wish I was a clinging, swinging vine. If I was a clinging, swinging vine, I'd cling right to that man of mine. He wishes that he was a clinging vine. Can you what she'd like to be? I hope Billy Dee. That's the dream she dreams she wants to be. I wish I was Marine O'Hara's cat. I wish I was Marine O'Hara's cat. And every time she stroked my fur, I'd just stand there and purr and purr. She'd like to be. Fiddly D, tell you what he'd like to be. I hope Fiddly D, that's the dream he dreamed he wants to be. Come on and join the party, Ty. I wish I was a little orange tree. I wish I was a little orange tree. On freezing nights, how warm I'd be, they'd shove a smudge pot under me. <laughs> I wish I didn't look like Errol Flynn. Don't you think I look like Errol Flynn? You may have Errol's manly chin, but your nose looks like the shrimp boat thin. <laughs> to be as popular as Bob. Yeah, yeah. But I'll never be as popular as Bob. Well, you can't have power and everything. Why, Bob's a man that girls forget. I know, but he hasn't paid me yet. da 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 I wish I was a moonbeam in the sky. I wish I was a moonbeam in the sky. If I was a moonbeam in the sky, I'd spit right down in Crosby's eye. I wish I was a moonbeam in the sky. I hope Italy D tell you what I'd like to be. I hope Italy D that's the dream I dream I want to be. That's the dream I dream I want to be. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as a result of the mix-ups and suits, Tyrone Power stayed at dinner at Bob's house. We now find Bob and Ty in the living room having an after-dinner chat. So you see, Bob, when I was lucky enough to bag a Bengal tiger, I was glad I joined the African Explorers Club. 
Do you happen to belong, Bob? No, I don't, Ty. But do you belong to the International Big Game Hunters? Well, no, but I am a member of a very exciting club. What club is that? The Upper Glendale Crocheting and Yummy Yogurt Society. (laughs) Very exciting, I swear. No, you're always kidding, Bob. But you know, I'm glad I got the chance to talk to you alone. I've been wanting to ask you something for a long time. Well, was it, Tyler? It's a little personal. You're, you're sure you won't mind? No, Ty, not at all. What is it? Now, tell me, Bob, where did you learn the wonderful technique you have that gets all the beautiful women? Me? Yes. Are you sure we both got the same script? <laughs> no, I, I'm serious, Bob. It's all over town. Wherever lovely women gather, you're the one they talk about. Now, don't tell me you didn't know. Well, actually... Oh, I, I guess I'm embarrassing you. I... I can see you're the type of man who doesn't like to brag about himself. Yes, but force me. (laughs) Bob, I I don't know why you're being so modest. You're the number one boy with the women. I hear your name is written in kisses on the wall of the powder room at Ciro's. Yeah. (laughs) How did you find out? That's what I want to... I heard. Oh, I hear, yeah. Well, that's probably... Ty, that's probably that group of Ziegfeld Follies girls. Uh-huh. Well, then you'll agree, Bob. When it comes to women, you've got more on the ball than I have. Well, if you insist. Now, that's what I told the committee. I told them that you'd be much more capable of judging the beauty contest than I. You won't mind taking my place, will you? Judging a beauty contest? Oh, I'd be glad to. Well, well, a car will pick you up tomorrow afternoon, and I'm off the hook. Well, good night, Bob. Oh, good night, Ty. Hey, by the way, uh, do you know any of the gorgeous babes in the beauty contest? What gorgeous babes? It's a contest to pick the shape... I like that guy. All those compliments were just a sneaky way to get out of something he didn't want to do. Oh, um, well, I'm tired. I think I'll stretch out in the sofa here and take a little nap. Him and his contest. I can tell him. Him and his contest. I can tell him who the shapeliest grandmother is right now. But why should I give Arthur Godfrey free publicity? Ooh, <laughs> tired. Jerome Power is just jealous because I look better in his suit than he does. What does he know about style? On my suit, he couldn't even find a place where you blow up the shoulders. <laughs> I'd spend as much time in Europe as he has. I'd could be a continental lover just like Tyrone. Mr. Power, your breakfast is ready. Mr. Power? Oh, am I Tyrone Power? Why, of course you are, sir. Are you sure you didn't have too many pink champagnes at the Countess's reception last night? Oh, yes, yes, it all comes back to me now. I am Tyrone Power, the greatest continental lover in Europe. What's for breakfast, sir, Parkins? Caviar, truffles, poached swan eggs, Benedict, Chinese pheasant holding a strawberry in its beak, and frog legs sandpapered smooth and served on tiptoe. <laughs> Get every day the same thing. <laughs> and Parkins, what's wrong with this coffee? It doesn't taste right. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I had to make it with water. We were all out of champagne. <laughs> How can you be such a peasant? I sometimes despair that you... Oh, come in. Oh, there you are, Jerome. Me, my darling. Oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> 
I love you too, my sweet. Just the thought of you such a flame burning inside of me. Yes, darling. You're all I live for. Kiss me. Farewell. Until later. (laughs) Who was that, sir? I was hoping you knew. (laughs) Any mail, Parkins? Tons of it, sir. From your admirers. Well, I keep searching because I know someday I'll find my dream girl. You must have the dainty feet of Pierre Angela, the legs of Marlena Dietrich, the eyes of Jean Tierney, and the lips of Hedy Lamar. What progress have you made, sir? Well, so far, I've got the shoes of Marjorie Maine. <laughs> well, let's get to the mail. Ah, here's an interesting envelope written in lavender ink. Well, let's see what it says. I can't go on without you. Meet me tonight at the Continental Cafe. I'll be the blonde wearing the white gown with green sequins in my hair. Is it signed anxious? No, but it's signed Taft, and that's the same thing. <laughs> ah, the intrigue of a new romance. Lay out my best evening suit, Parkins. The powder blue gabardine. Tonight, I live. Ah, there you are, my mystery girl. So, sweetheart, we have found each other. Yes. Yes, it was easy. You're the only one here with green sequins in her hair. How did you find me? Well, you are the only one here with red sequins in your hair. (laughs) I have to wear those red sequins. I don't have a taillight on my bicycle. (laughs) You're ravishing, my dear. What is your name? Oh, I have so many names. I'm the Countess Maria Fuscelli, Angelina Sheila, Maritz, Vita, Gloriana, Consuela, Florentia, Marlene de Moore. Which one do you like the best? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It all looks so good. <laughs> you know, Tyrone, I'm very rich. Make me your favorite and I'll build you a mansion. Oh, no, th- no thanks. <laughs> I'll give you extensive racing cars. Show you with precious jewels. Oh, no thanks. But there must be something you want. Well, I could use a taillight for my bicycle. (laughs) Shall we dance? Oh, I would love to, but look, the floor show is about to commence. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cafe Continental has a wonderful surprise for you. For the first time on the Riviera, we present the famous American comedian, Bob Hope. Oh, thanks for the memory. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you all so much. Thank you all so much, so much, so much, so much, so much. I thank you so much. I don't like the tune, but it's got swell words. Why, they tell me you're very funny. How do you do, everybody? This is Bob by and by the Carton Hope. Saying, pardon me if I strut, I can't keep my mouth shut because about Chesterfield, I'm really nuts. I smoke them down as far as I can and then wash and iron the butt. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the first time I ever laid an egg was someone else's lair. If you think that's funny, listen to this one. I was walking down the street, and a tramp came up to me. He said, Mister, I haven't had a bite for two days. So I bit him. 
the farmer said to the cow, I'm really pulling them. <laughs> If I sound like that, I'll throw myself off the highest cliff on Sydney Green Street. Well, that's the end of my routine, folks. As the baby bear said when it sat down on the cake of ice, my tale is told. <laughs> what material? Milton Burrow wouldn't touch that stuff with a ten-foot airwick. <laughs> This Bob Hoops is cute, and I'm going to dance with him. Hey, come back here. Oh, Mr. Hoops, you're so interesting, and you dance very well, too. Will you dance with me again? Sure I will, babe, as long as you keep putting quarters in the meter. <laughs> Pardon me, Countess, can I have the honor of cutting in? Why, of course, Theron. Well, here we go. You're the best dancer I've ever danced with. You're so wonderful at the balls, the rumba, the samba, and the tango. Oh, what a dancer. Thank you. Hey, by the way, what are those things sticking out of your sleeves? Arthur Murray's hands. He's in the suit with me. Ah, <laughs> oh, Countess, you're lovely tonight. Okay, I'm cutting in. Bob Boy is back. Out of the way, peasant, or I'll run you through with my sword. And everyone knows that I, Tyrone, am the greatest swordsman in Europe. I'm God. But I ain't got a sword. I have a weapon in my purse. Here, take this ruby-handled dagger. Okay. Ha-ha! Touché! Oh! Oh! He got me! Oh, Tyrone, can I use the pain? Turn over and I pull the dagger out of your back. No, leave it there. I want the ruby handle sticking out of my back. But why? This way I won't have to buy a taillight for my bicycle. <laughs> the memory of the UN's fight for peace. We know they'll never cease till they guarantee a world that's free and sign a long-term lease. And we thank them so much. That about wraps it up for tonight. want to thank Tyrone Parr for a fine performance. Love the way he did those monologue jokes. I should have let him handle the first monologue, don't you think? Huh? <laughs> also thank Marilyn Maxwell. Fine show. And remember, folks, to sound off for Chesterfield and do it today. For the first time, you'll get the cigarette that's much milder with the added protection of no unpleasant aftertaste. Remember, that added protection, no unpleasant aftertaste, is confirmed by a leading research organization. Next week, Chesterfield presents the annual Look Achievement Award winners in a special Bob Hope show with Danny Thomas, Vivian Lee, Mitzi Gaynor, Sam Goldwyn, George Stevens, Arthur Freed, Eddie Mayhoff, Bob O'Donnell, and others. That's next Tuesday at the same time on The Bob Hope Show. Tonight's appearance of Tyrone Power was made possible through 20th Century Fox Studios, whose current release is Phone Call from a Stranger, starring Shelley Winters, Gary Merrill, and Betty Davis. <laughs> Tyrone Power was a guest on Bob's show before. If you go back in our archives to May of 2020, you can listen to that program and the biographical sketch of Mr. Power that 
I gave at the end of that podcast. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Jack Cornfield, peace requires us to surrender our illusions of control.